welcome back to the crossover across time podcast for our friday show for uh this i suppose second week week and a half point of the nba finals today's date uh june 9th of 2023 and first of all i owe you a quick apology um we're kind of modifying the structure that we had uh a little bit the plan originally was to do a show yesterday and then a show tomorrow as well so we'd do thursday recapping game three and saturday recapping game four since game three was on a wednesday and game four was on a friday um simply put i wasn't able to do the show last night and tomorrow is going to be even busier and so this was the perfect time and perfect moment to call an audible i suppose if we're going to harken to a different sport but we're gonna combine our recap of both of those games in a later late night friday edition of the podcast again we're gonna focus on game one or sorry game three and game four so we're doing two games the latest news and uh talking just you know nba finals talk i suppose so um before we get into it real quick didn't uh, say this i'm your host karsten welcome to the show um or welcome back to the show, whether you've been listening previously or you are a brand new listener to the show. We really appreciate your support and uh, we hope you keep listening in. Definitely appreciate it. Um, let's waste no more time. Let's jump right into it. Uh, game three. Uh, historic, if we want to describe it in one word. First of all, uh, going into this one, the series was tied one to one. Miami had done a great job in game two to tie up the series going back home, putting themselves in a great position to try and, you know, take a lead in the series or at the very least split their home dates and, uh, you know, have a, a, a best of three essentially with a two two tie. You know, Miami in great position going into that game and uh, Denver responded perfectly. They you know, had a phenomenal game. Miami not able to quite get the uh, get the job done at home. Denver wins game three by a score of 109 to 94, taking the 2-1 series lead, retaking the series lead. And uh, Nicole Jokic and Jamal Murray in particular, historic in their effort. Um, and there's a few different ways they were historic. And a lot of you have probably already seen this and moved on by the time I'm doing this podcast, but we'll talk through it anyways. Firstly, Nikola Jokic, uh, the first 30-point, 20-rebound, and 10-assist game in NBA Finals history. We start there. But almost more impressive is what the duo was able to do, because Jamal Murray had 30 points and a triple-double as well. And that combination, two players with 30-point triple-doubles each, that has not only never been done before in a Finals, it's never been done before in a postseason, it's never been done before in NBA history. So unbelievable road game and response to the game two loss going into a tough environment in Miami. Um, just unbelievable performance for those two. And you look at the game, it was a pretty close first half, very competitive. Denver took a huge lead going into the end of the third. I mean, they went on a great third quarter run. Uh, they withstood the Miami blitz that they've been kind of known for this postseason in the fourth quarter um and they were able to hold on and get that victory and again Jokic and Murray in particular were the the driving factors we look at Miami Jimmy Butler led the way for them in scoring 28 points um okayish percentages four assists and two rebounds and one block Bam Adebayo 22 points 17 rebounds three assists and a block 
7 of 21 from the floor, not the greatest percentages, but still got the job done. And then 10 points off the bench for Caleb Martin on okay percentages. Those were their double-figure scores. Kevin Love with 6 points as a starter. Max Struess with 3 points. Gabe Vincent with 7. Uh, and so just 9 points each for Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson off the bench. Um as a team, they shot 31% from three, 37% overall from the floor. Just not a lot of offense to come by for Miami. And uh, Denver was, you know, locked and loaded offensively, although they didn't shoot that stellar from three-point range as a team. But again, uh, we start with Jokic, 32 points, 21 rebounds, 10 assists, and two blocks. Um, great all-around percentages, controlling the game. And again, Jamal Murray, 34 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, one steal. He did have seven turnovers, a rough turnover game there, but still able to get the team involved. Uh, the turnovers didn't end up being the difference maker in this game. Um, he shot tremendously well from the floor as well. Outside of those two, they really needed those two to have a, you know stellar games between them. Um, they had a, a great emergent performance from Christian Brown, the rookie out of Kansas, uh, and it was especially the second half and really especially the fourth quarter. Key plays, he grabbed 15 points off the bench, four rebounds, an assist, and a steal. Um, seven of eight from the floor has only missed the only three-pointer he attempted. Uh, made a free throw as well. Great, great supporting performance in that fourth to really help seal the deal. They also got 11 points, 10 rebounds, five assists for Aaron Gordon. Uh, and then... 2.7 rebounds for Michael Porter Jr., 6.3 rebounds for Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Um, so yeah, Michael Porter Jr., that's been a storyline up to this point in the uh, the finals. He's struggled to find the offense, but again, it hasn't seemed to affect them. You know, grabbing seven rebounds, using his size uh, kind of helps, you know, makes it work works with their offense uh, for the most part. And so they were able to work past that. And again, Jokic and Murray, unbelievable, especially, you know, we, we expect a two-time MVP, um, multi-time All-NBA, All-Star, all of these accolades. Nikola Jokic, we expect him to be able to do great things. These are, you know, pretty much all-time great things he's doing. He's exceeded his, his own high expectations. But also Jamal Murray. You know, we forget that last season he wasn't even playing with an injury. And it was this very season that he had been brought in, not the beginning of the season, but a little ways into the season, brought in, worked back from injury, and then has just been unbelievable in the playoffs. Um, really carving out his own little legacy, you know, and he hasn't been in the league too long. He's had some incredible playoff runs, both in 2020 as well as, of course, this season. Uh, you know, I think that he's going to be seen after this finals one way or the other as where he should be, you know, a top 10 point guard conversation, one of the best scoring point guards and scoring guards, to be honest, in our league today. Uh, he's just been unbelievable, has not shied away from the pressure at all. And those two really, you know, were the driving forces in that game uh, three victory, which was Wednesday. So then we jumped to, to, to today, earlier today, uh, Friday, for game four in Miami again. Um, Miami looking to, at the very least, win this game. So they have that 2-2 tie going back to Denver. 
uh, for game five. Meanwhile, Denver in the position where if they win this game, they've got a 3-1 lead. And we've talked ad nauseum about 3-1 leads on this podcast this postseason. Um, and uh, Denver got the job done. They stole both games in Miami uh, after letting one kind of slip in game two. They take both the road games. Hugely impressive. Denver wins this one 108 to 95, your final score. They grab that 3-1 series lead. And Jokic and Murray didn't have as stellar of games. You know, you compare it, obviously, to the historic effort they put up in game three. It wasn't going to be quite that amazing um, either way. Or if it was, then that was going to be all-time greatest finals games you know those those two games back to back for both of those guys but regardless they were just kind of okay to solid and they got a lot more supporting help Miami struggled again as a team and uh you know you look at the flow of this game Denver held nice leads Miami kept it close for the most part um, but Denver's biggest lead 17 points came late in the fourth it was a gradual build till the end of the fourth quarter and uh you know, I think that's huge, especially to withstand a, a quick run at the beginning of the fourth quarter where you're thinking, oh, here, here we go again. Miami is going to do it. And they withstand that. They build up, you know, some momentum, get back to where they were, uh, build a huge lead with some some clutch baskets late. Uh, you know, Contavious Caldwell Pope with a nice shot. Uh, key plays, uh, key plays defensively by, you know, uh, like Aaron Gordon and Nicole Jokic, especially. Um just phenomenal for them to be able to get that kind of performance. And uh, they're one step closer to a potential championship. Looking at things for Miami, Jimmy Butler leading the way for them in scoring 25 points, seven rebounds, seven assists, pretty all right shooting all around, plus one block. Uh, Bam Adebayo, 20 points, 11 rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block, seven turnovers for him in this game. Uh, not the greatest percentages. I think he has done what he needed to in this series in order for the Heat to stay competitive. I, I've been very happy with Adebayo's performance all around. Jimmy Butler, I think, has been solid, but maybe a little bit underwhelming his expectations because he was electric throughout the f- previous three rounds of the playoffs. Excuse me. And so I would have expected him to have a little bit more electric performances. And really, the supporting cast, we haven't seen them be as elite as they were in in previous series uh they had four other guys in double figures in this game so it was a little better than game three uh the third leading score for miami being kyle lowry uh, 13 points seven assists three rebounds uh 12 points each for both duncan robinson and kevin love love the starter uh robinson off the bench lowry was off the bench as well um robinson also with three assists and a steal and a rebound kevin love with four rebounds and then 11 points, five rebounds, one assist for Caleb Martin. As a team, Miami shot 32% from three, 44% overall. So a better shooting night all around, better scoring as a team, still struggled from three-point range, and that's kind of been their bread and butter in the postseason. No threes for Gabe Vincent, who had two points on the game. No threes for Max Drews, zero points on the game. And those have been big contributors. So when you miss those points, that can really, uh, really sting you as you're trying to win a game. Meanwhile, for Denver, uh, leading scorer for them, not Jokic or Jamal Murray, but actually Aaron Gordon, kind of their third best guy, their third piece. Um, Not always their main third offensive threat, but really their third best as far as that all-round presence, the size, the athleticism, but also his defense and what he's brought there, 
his versatility. He does so many different things for them as far as this postseason run. 27 points for Aaron Gordon, seven rebounds, six assists, and a steal. Um, oh, tremendous percentages above 70% from the floor, made three of his fourth uh, three point attempts. Stellar game. They also got 23 points, 12 rebounds, four assists from Nikola Jokic. Um, not the best percentages he's ever shot, but again, his impact in this game, especially late, was really the defense. Three steals and three blocks uh, to you know make up for a quote-unquote lack of some of the, the points and rebounds and assists we've come to expect from him. Bruce Brown, the third score, leading scorer in this game for them, 21 points, and a lot of those coming late. Again, big-time performance for him. Four rebounds, two assists, a steal, a block. Uh, great percentages above 70% for him as well. Three of five from three point range. Um, yeah, stellar Jamal Murray, 15 points, 12 assists, three rebounds, uh, tough shooting night overall. Good. You know, two of three from three point range, but he was five of 17 from the floor. But again, he, you felt, you feel good about the shots that he takes for the most part, you know, not, he gets into great position, uh, adept with the ball, um, even when it's a tough, you know, kind of fading shot, you feel like, Hey, he's probably got a good shot to, to make that kind of a play, you know? So, uh, you don't hate that still getting those 15 points. That was a factor, you know, 11 points for Michael Porter jr. Uh, seven points for Contavious Caldwell Pope, two of five from three point range, including a clutch three towards the end. Um, but his defense as well, three steals and two blocks, really a factor there. Uh, four rebounds and two assists in addition to those stats. Um, and, you know, again, you look at the depth, how deep the Nuggets go compared to how deep the Heat go, but it just hasn't seemed to matter. The Nuggets just keeping that tied to rotation. Their starters are a little more cohesive. Those bench guys are really pulling through. You know, Christian Brown, not the same stat impact, but he played very well. A steal and a block for him. Uh, worked well within that team system, played well in crucial possessions. Bruce Brown, you know, emerging there, Jeff Green off the bench, uh, or all these guys I'm talking about off the bench, but Jeff Green as well. Uh, hit one corner three off a nice Jamal Murray assist. Uh, and that's the other thing, Jamal Murray, 10 plus assists in each game of these first four finals games. Um, and Mark Jackson talks a little bit about it how he's known as a scoring point guard, but that's huge for him to be able to get those assists and especially combine that with Jokic, who's going to get those assists regularly. And he's been limited in his playmaking ability in some of these games. Um, that's huge for them to still have that from Murray. They keep the ball moving. And even if Murray's not getting a bunch of total assists, you, you have faith in the team to be able to move it around, uh, run the offense efficiently, do the right thing, uh, you know, make, make the extra pass, all of those kind of, you know, uh, great, you know, fundamental basketball things that we like to latch on to. Um, and what it comes down to Denver now has a three, one lead and, uh, they're going back to Denver for a game five, that crowd, that fan base, they've got a phenomenal fan base. Um, you know, all of Denver sports seems to have that, um, their their most successful teams, of course, have probably been you know the Broncos, uh, and the way that that stadium is and those fans are, and and especially in playoff type scenarios, um, and we've seen that in full, 
you know, full force for the Nuggets here in the playoffs. And now, so long they've been trying to get to a finals. They had never been to an NBA finals. They had been to an ABA finals uh, back in 1976. But since they joined the NBA, they had not made it to the the championship round of playoff action. They've gotten here, and now they have a commanding lead. They're at home for game five. That crowd, one more win, and you could be champions of the NBA um, with one of the generational talents, Nikola Jokic. Uh, you know, that that is going to be an electric atmosphere. And for Miami... Winning that game, you know, obviously they have the tough road of trying to win three straight games to try and win this series. But if you can win that game five, that's going to be the biggest one to try and win, in all honesty. Um, you know, it's if you look for Jimmy Butler, that's really what it comes down to. I think Adebayo's been solid all series, and he's been productive but he's not going to be the guy you look to to get a 35-point, 40-point type of game that's you know going to be necessary to get that type of a tough victory on the road. You look to a Jimmy Butler to, to have one of those elite performances that can separate him from just one of the great players of this generation, you know, an all-star and a consistent performer and a, a really great playoff player to an all-time great player, a player who will make those you know, tough plays. He will f- will his team to victory in a an elimination game of an NBA Finals, you know. And we could be sitting here when we do our, our recap of Game 5. If Denver won- wins that game, we could be sitting there and saying, well, Jimmy Butler had 40, and uh, he did his job, and the rest of the team just wasn't able to respond, you know. That's very possible. The, the, we could see Jimmy Butler have... 19 points and somehow the heat still win it, you know? Um, but I just think if we're talking most likely scenarios to me, it feels like Jimmy Butler would need to have a big game, you know, a real kind of bounce back a little bit from some here and there type of games. The last couple of games, you know, compared to the standard he set earlier in the same playoffs. Um, if we see a big game from him in game five, that would be the biggest barometer for the heat winning that and trying to genuinely force a seven game series at the very least. Um, So that's where we're at. Um, Game five, we'll give you that preview in just one moment. Um, But first let's go ahead and talk key news. Uh, We have a few news items for you today. Firstly, um, just a quick, you know, side update with game four. We we're already past game four, but of course, Tyler Hero was ruled out for that game. Um, there's talk about, you know, if he's available to play, you know, what what capacity you would play him in, what he's capable of playing as well, as well as what makes sense for the team having worked in that playoff structure without him for so long. You don't want to disrupt uh, the way the team flows at that point. So that'll be an interesting conversation. It'll be interesting to see what happens as far as game five and or game six availability. Um, but we'll certainly keep you updated on that. Um, interestingly enough, on top of this last uh, these last couple of games of finals action, we have a trade to announce in the middle of all this. Not only that, it involves one of our finals participants. Here's the trade. The Denver Nuggets are receiving a 2023 second round pick 
a 2024 first round pick, the least favorable of two available from the team trading and a second round pick in 2024 as well. So three picks, one of those, uh, the least favorable of the first round picks available from this team, the Oklahoma City Thunder. And in exchange, uh, the Thunder will receive the 2029 protected first round pick from the Denver Nuggets. Um, that's just interesting, you know. And it's funny because after it was, you know, around the same time as the finals last season, I believe, or maybe um, a couple seasons ago, uh, or maybe just a little bit after the finals, the Nuggets and the Thunder made a trade at that point as well. Um, I forget. I feel like there was a player in that trade uh, and some draft picks as well. You know, when this this particular trade broke earlier today, there was uh, an attached note from Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN that the Nuggets still owe the Thunder their 2027, a, a 2027 pick of some sort. So it's just interesting to have those, you know, those correlations or those um, similarities those are related trades, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's just interesting. So, and also interesting to have a trade from a finals participant. You know, you'd think your GM is probably too busy on the edge of their seat, biting their nails, hoping that the Nuggets win it. But apparently not, as they're looking to just continue to make trades. So, interesting enough. Uh, news for the Boston Celtics. Uh, Grant Williams has undergone surgery on the torn ligament in his left hand. He's expected to return in six to eight weeks. Of course, a uh, perfect window to, to be able to be, be available for Celtics training camp. So that's good to hear. News for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, there's reports about Chris Paul in discussion as far as their front office uh, and the potential of moving on from Chris Paul. Um, and it looks like a more likely situation is him being outright waived, which was kind of surprising. There's also talks of, you know, maybe looking at some some trade possibilities with teams. Uh, reports are that Chris Paul's camp, he would like to stay in Phoenix, you know, see what he can do with Booker and Duran in the full season and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the Suns sound like they're looking to move maybe in a bit of a different direction. Um, bring in maybe a younger player. And I don't mean to say that as a slight to Chris Paul, but it is just something you have to be aware of. Uh, guys getting a little bit older. He had an, an injury uh, that limited him in their uh, playoff loss to the Nuggets. And, uh, you know, you wonder about his effectiveness. His his production has been kind of waning in recent seasons. Uh, but he's still a guy that I would think would bring value to a, a team like Phoenix that's looking to compete. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with them. Uh, next, we have some some. Uh, coaching staff news for the Milwaukee Bucks. Of course, they recently hired Adrian Griffin as their head coach. Uh, the report is that Joe Prunty and Patrick Matumbo are joining Griffin uh, on his staff as assistant coaches. Prunty, of course, had been the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks a few seasons prior, more of kind of an interim coach position, I believe, after the Jason Kidd firing. Um, but Patrick Matumbo, and I never looked it up. Of course, you see that name. And I have to imagine that he is a son of um, Dikembe Mutombo. Let me just ultra verify. You know what? I was stereotyping. Not stereotyping, but, you know, it is a distinctive name, but he does know he does not hold any relation to the Dikembe Mutombo. Huh. 
what do you know? Uh, apologies for, you know, making that assumption, but that's why we double check, right? Just to make sure. Um, so interesting enough. Yeah. Patrick McTumbo and Joe Prunty uh, assistants for the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, finally, for the Lakers, LeBron James, he has been named the honorary starter for the 24 hour of Le Mans uh, endurance race. Uh, of course, uh, one of the hollowed events in uh, auto sports, motorsports. Uh, so cool to see. You know, and I believe they're uh, they are going to be having an anniversary. Um, like this season will be the anniversary of the event, or something of that nature. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm trying to look this up, but I'm not really seeing anything. Um, Oh, uh, 100 years, it looks like. Yeah, cent- centenary. Centenary. Never know how to pronounce that word. Cool. Cool stuff. Um, But yeah, that takes care of our key news. So let's go ahead and jump into, before we give you our previews for the weekend, the next game or two, let's talk uh, returns on the final so far. Obviously, Denver with the big lead. Um, who has exceeded expectations, who has failed to meet expectations. And we'll limit this to individual players. Um, exceeding expectations, uh, we've, of course, talked about Murray and Jokic. Um, Murray specifically with his uh, playmaking. Jokic in being uh, even greater than we knew he was already he already was. Um, I think Christian Brown is a nice little side note for that game three performance. Uh, the Denver bench as a collective, maybe they're jo- able, their ability to get the job done. Um, and also Bam Adebayo, we got to talk, you know, some heat players who have been contributing. He's been, I think he's exceeded expectations. If you compare it to what people were saying after the conference finals, you know, uh, cause he didn't have a stellar conference final series. Um, but he has, I think individually, really delivered for them. He's matched up well with Denver as far as finding offense and contributing in a lot of other ways. Uh, so I think he's been, you know, a guy that succeeded expectations. Um, we're talking, you know, players that have failed to meet expectations, you know, just the slightest bit Jimmy Butler for what we've kind of talked about, but really he's been solid all around. You can't complain too much. Um, but then it's those guys that really stepped up for them in the conference finals and even the round before Caleb Martin, especially, Max Struess, um, those would be the two, Max Struess in particular. Gabe Vincent at times as well. Um, you know, that's just kind of a, a group of guys. Duncan Robinson in moments, it just hasn't been as potent as it was in the conference finals. And then if we had to talk someone on the Nuggets, I'd say Michael Porter Jr., just because they, they'd they like to have that offense from him. They'd like to have the three-point ability, and that just hasn't been there for them uh, in this series. But again, all-round uh, I feel like you're you're pretty satisfied uh, if you're the Nuggets. I mean, in this series, Porter Jr., eight points per game, 13% from three, about 30% from the floor. But in the absence of that offense, Aaron Gordon has been has, has stayed stellar. Jokic and Murray have elevated their scoring from their regular season highs. Um, Jokic averaging about 30, 31 points a game in this series. Jamal Murray, about 23 points a game. Aaron Gordon, 16 points a game. And then Bruce Brown, about 12 points. So, you know, they're still doing okay offensively. For Miami, Adebayo and Butler above 20 points. Gabe Vincent, 12 points. Kyle Lowry, 10. And then those other guys, Duncan Robinson, Caleb Martin, Max Struess, 
all below 10 points per game, and especially Caleb Martin. I mean, he was in conversations with Jimmy Butler to be a conference finals MVP. And now in this series, he's averaging just under seven points a game. And so that would be a big disappointment as well. Those supporting offensive pieces for Miami. Um, but I mean, it, it, it fits what you'd think, right? The guys that have exceeded expectations that have met the, uh, met the challenge mo- for the most part, it's the Denver Nuggets, uh, as well as that of bio. And then the failed to meet expectations for the most part, it's the Miami heat. And then also, you know, Michael Porter Jr.'s had his struggles. So that's really the, uh, the conversation there. I think it's fairly, uh, you know, kind of black and white, cut and dry. Um, not too much uh, to talk about there. But again, going into game five, I'm really interested to see how Miami responds uh, on the brink of elimination. Real quick, let's get you previewed as far as game five, when, where, all of that information. Game five on Monday. Uh, broadcast on ABC at 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. We're back in Denver, of course, the one-seed Nuggets hosting the eight-seed Miami Heat. Denver with the 3-1 series lead. They will look to close out the series with the gentleman sweep at home in that game. If Miami wins that game, the next game we'd be looking at would be on Thursday, the 15th. Uh, Of course, game five, Monday, the 12th. Um, But game six, if it's necessary, Thursday, the 15th. Uh, broadcast on ABC again, 8.30 Eastern Standard Time again, but that one would be in Miami where the 8-seed Heat hosts the 1-seed Nuggets. Um, If Miami wins that one, we'd go from there. We won't preview too much farther than that, but um, those are your upcoming couple of games, and uh, that's really the bulk of our show. Let's go ahead and give you our This Day in History fact before we wrap things up. Uh, Today, we're going back to 1987. June 9th of 1987, Magic Johnson borrowed a weapon from Los Angeles Lakers teammate Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to beat the Boston Celtics in Game 4 of the 1987 NBA Finals. With the Celtics clinging to a one-point lead, Johnson got the ball on the left side and drove toward the middle, then lofted what he called a, quote, junior skyhook for a 107 to 106 victory. The Lakers went on to win the series in six games. Um, yeah, one of the back to back championships the Lakers won with Magic and Kareem 87 and 88. Uh, so phenomenal moment to remember, of course, one of the all time great shots and iconic shots in NBA history. Um, so that's really it for our show. Real quick, I'll plug our Instagram page. That's crossover across time all one word on instagram no capital letters we share content from the show as well as doing our best to share like and share content from across the nba uh you know the the league as a whole so that podcast in addition to the pod or that page rather in addition to the podcast itself is a great way those are both great ways to stay up to date with what's going on in the nba as a whole and also hopefully get that historic perspective that we aim to provide for you here Uh, Thanks again, everyone, for listening. And uh, the plan is we'll be back on Tuesday since game five will be on a Monday. We'll be back on Tuesday to recap that game for you. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll be back with you then. 